Jess Claus, Christmas in July edition. I am joined once again by Moxie to talk about a Christmas movie that certainly is a Christmas movie. Is it though? It it happened at Christmas. Does it though? We are talking about the Santa Claus Three: The uh, Devil May Cry. God, Jack Frost. Um, shout out to Martin Short. Uh, Jack Frost is actually at least fun to like see in motion but this is this movie's uh, a a mess a a disaster really fun in motion is a bit excessive to me <laughs> it yeah it's he, he's a character i i feel like his performance deserves enough credit to say that if martin short had not been in the role i would have been asleep on my couch yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a it's a good act, good acting. I just it's not enjoyable, enjoyable. <laughs> no, it's super not. Uh, I I'm trying to catch my thoughts on this movie. So I have one, two, three, four, five, six actual paper pages written of notes. Um, uh, do you want to start us out? <laughs> Um, or do you want do you want me to start so you remember? No, I can start because as I recall, the movie starts under the North Pole, right? We're in the sort of Christmas settlement under there. I think they call it Elfland. Am I am I right so far? <laughs> I believe so. I believe so. <clears throat> um, we rack in on uh, a Bernard replacement. It's uh Craig or Doug or. Douglas, uh, the 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 elf with glasses that smartens always pissing off Tim Allen. Yeah, Curtis. He, Curtis. Yeah, Curtis. He's like, uh, "Hey, Tim, uh, what's good, homeboy?" Oh wait, no, that didn't happen until after the first scene. I've already got us up on the wrong foot. Um, yeah, uh, you forgot that this entire movie is a flashback. <laughs> yeah, this entire movie is a flashback, and we start out at Elf School with um, is it the same actress as the second movie? I cannot tell. I did no research. Yeah, I, I'm <clears throat> honestly assuming this movie was was made was filmed right after the second movie, <laughs> and they just threw it out there. Yeah, uh, it, this is what's eating me: is that Disney is maybe the wealthiest company on the planet, right? Yeah, one of the wealthiest, and um, they spent zero dollars on this film. Uh, it's kind of like the accusation you get thrown at, like, a Skyrim or something of reusing assets, except they're literally reusing all the assets except for rubber, uh, Tim Allen from Santa Claus 2. There's nothing new here. Um, they literally reuse assets in this. So, we're at Elf School, where these elves who are substantially older than their 30-something-year-old teacher are learning math from her? Yeah, I was trying to trying to figure out if these were like baby elves or something. 
the problem is that there's absolutely no distinction. Exactly. Uh, so we flash back, and do we flash back to Christmas like a year ago? It doesn't give a time frame. It just says this is the flashback. Well, the baby's the spoiler alert. Um, when the flashback concludes, the baby is still a baby. Yes. But also, this movie has time travel in it. So between one and twelve years have passed. <laughs> uh, uh, I I don't think that's correct. <laughs> but I'll, I'll let I'll let you go on. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> when we when we <laughs> when we get to the flashback is them trying to get deliver deliver the baby. Yeah. Um, and it's a false alarm. And it's a weird chase sequence through the town, I technically, I guess. Yeah, they they uh they speed up the footage a bit and all of these terrible elves are crowding around her sort of pregnancy gurney. Um and they're trying to get her to Dr. Elf's office to pop out Santa Claus too. Um and once it's <laughs> no, that's how it was filmed. Um, once it's revealed that this is a disappointment, the bitchiest elf in the world says, I can't believe I stopped a pedicure for this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and this sets the tone for the movie, because that's every joke in the movie. Oh, yeah. yeah they are. Uh, they also call it the infirmary the elf firmery. The elf firmery. You're right. Uh... I my note after this and before we get to the Vora chimney is did we miss something? Because I feel like there's a plot there's an in between that's important between this and the second movie that we did not get at all. Well, um here's what I'm gonna say. I had one revelation about this movie at the very end, and I uh I was super angry and I was like, if you're Santa Claus, you should not fucking march. Yeah, yeah. I remember saying specifically, like, maybe from the day after Valentine's until tax day, do not fuck. Your job is in nine months. Yeah, this is bad planning. Um, there should be a, a do not fuck clause, I think. Uh, maybe that's the fourth movie. Um, they go back in time and he unfucks that principal and makes the third movie not happen to save us. If only. If only, Tim Allen would never do something that kind. Uh, he goes down the Vora chimney. It was a false alarm. He comes down the Vora chimney, gives a present for the baby. Uh, yeah. Oh, God. So, two things to talk about here. Um, why is the Vora chimney... Why is it not a stylized image of Santa Claus? Why is it Tim Allen's face? I gotta ask Tim Allen that. If you're Tim Allen, are you more comfortable with your own face on the wall? Uh, sorry, if you're Scott Calvin, let's play in the space. Yeah. Um, if you're Scott Calvin, are you more comfortable with your own face or with a stylized, you know, Coca-Cola Santa Claus? Yeah, yeah. That just, Scott Calvin would probably not want his own face on the wall. Second thing is... They didn't swap out the present for the baby with a prop after its magical CGI reveal. So Scott has to do some like hand stunts to kind of convince us that it's a real object. But it's just the cheapest CGI that I've ever seen. 
and I I hate to say it, but it kind of it kind of broke my immersion. Uh, <laughs> uh yeah. Uh, the doctor is I I, I don't think the note have on the doctor because the doctor is Bob from Zach and Cody. I don't know if that's past your generation. It's not past my generation. I was just a shithead kid who refused to turn on the Disney Channel. Okay, that's good. That's good. <laughs> Another note is this is such a weird opening to this movie. It's really weird. It's frantic. It's hard to follow. It's a flashback to a a pregnancy that isn't quite panning out. And we get some we get some beats about how Scott's too wrapped up in being Santa, but like He's Santa. You know, you know what the job is when you married him. Like, it's y'all shouldn't have fucked in March. It's December. Yeah, and like, what I okay. This is this is probably a question later. But what's the gap between? What is the actual gap between this and the second movie? Because <clears throat> this is twelve years after the first movie. Yeah. So Charlie was a young boy in the first movie and then a teen in the second movie. So first movie to second movie, if Charlie was, I'm going to say he's younger than 10. So if he was eight and he's 16 in the second movie, that's an eight year gap. And then a four year gap between the second movie and this one, because this one isn't Charlie isn't that much older. In fact, Charlie's still living at home, isn't he? So he'd be, huh? So maybe if he was six in the first movie and then Wait, 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 okay, wait. This movie came out. Okay, this is if this is canon to the the actual years the, the movie came out because this is twelve years after the first movie came out. Yeah, the second movie came out in two thousand two, so this is four years after. Okay, so I got that part right. So it's just how old was Charlie in the first one to the second one? So we find out how old he was in two, but he was some kind of teenage. Like he's, I thought it was like six. If he's six, then God, how old would he be in two thousand two? Uh, that'd be fourteen. That tracks, and then he's eighteen now. He hasn't quite yeah. gone off to college. He's still living at home. Maybe he's finishing yeah. his senior year. Yeah, okay, that that tracks. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, we have a whole spiel about her wanting her wanting to see family, like her actual family. And not just be cooped up in the North Pole. Yeah. It's weird. Like, it's, it's like, oh, this is like actual, like, it's real, but it's weird. Which part's real? The, oh, I miss my family. That, that part, like, but then it's like, it's, it's weird. Sure as shit is. Um... I feel like they don't really go out of their way to get... Okay, so Santa Claus 1 was a fairly emotional movie about a family splitting up and the difficulties they're running into with that over Christmas. Um, Before all the fantastical elements come in, you really feel for like, oh, Scott doesn't like Neil, and uh, Charlie's mom is frustrated with Charlie's dad, and... It's all parody in this movie, and we'll get to how angry that makes me when we talk about Neil in particular, but everyone's emotions in this movie are, like, either racked up to 11 or racked down to 1 for effect, for comedy. Yeah. Like, 
it like the it's like okay, missing the family is is fine, but also right now you're pregnant. It's Christmas. It's a lot of things going on right now. It's kind of like there's this movie has nothing going on and too much going on. It's too much about nothing. Yeah. It's uh, uh it's like watching someone sort of uh you ever get that sort of secondhand frustration of like dealing with someone who can't solve a problem and they're not they're they're panicking too much to like solve it? That's that's this movie. Mm-hmm. It can't simple, it can't find itself. Yeah, there's a simple solution here. Just you do not you're freaking out too much to find it. You know what the real solution is? Don't make a movie. Why don't they just make a second Santa Claus? And he can run the toy factory while Scott goes down with her family. So, Santa Claus 2, too. <laughs> I mean, fake Scott is still stuffed in, like, the garage somewhere, right? Just boot him up and say, you have one job. Uh, uh, uh I have Santa Dev Cult written down. <laughs> okay, tell me everything about Santa Death Cult. No, it's just because of the elves all talking at once. Uh, yeah. It's it's a bit much. Even three movies in, it's a bit much. Uh, yeah, she wants to see her family. Uh, Curtis gives us a whole thing about the secret of Santa, and like you can't reveal to people that he's Santa, even though he has told people he's Santa, but it's not the parents. He can't tell the parents for some reason because the parents can't keep a secret. Despite being shut-ins who stay in their house and don't talk to people. And who yeah. are kind of rude and insular and don't really want to interact. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't. I do, I do enjoy the whole lie about that he's a toy maker in Santa, in Canada. It almost got a laugh out of me. The idea that everything that you see is Canada and that someone could know so little about Canada that they would end up thinking what the in-laws end up thinking about the North Pole. Yeah, the one the one thing that really got to laugh at me is one gag later that we'll get to. I thought there's a lot of Canada microaggressions in this. They hated Canada. A lot. Yeah. Canada's fine. They got better health care than us. I. Oh yeah, we get the there's a whole thing about the Council of Legendary Figures and how Jack Frost uh, did some stuff. I don't, I don't know. Jack Frost made it snow in Mexico and the Amazon and on the volcano, which everyone says, like, hey, Jack, stop being such an attention seeker. Fuck off. Why don't you? This is Santa's holiday, to which Jack says, but what if I don't? Global warming is just Jack Frost. It seems like he could help with that, actually. <sighs> uh, yeah, Frostmas, upstaging Santa. How did I'm still wondering how like these actors for this role, these roles aren't like there aren't like I mean, Aisha Tyler is the like the only like decently big name, and I don't even know if she was that big of a name in like 2006. That's uh, Mother Nature, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she shows up, wears the good costume, and uh, she just kind of looks majestic, and that's her whole job. And I feel like if you can do that for a full day and get paid, do it. Yeah, and Easter Bunny is just being weird. Yeah. 
I don't get the Easter Bunny at all. He's just kind of fucked up. Is it like is it like a horny rabbit joke? I think so. He wants to not to get too ahead of ourselves, but he wants to fuck the mother-in-law. A few people do in this movie, apparently. Why? <laughs> like uh, no shade on the actress, but like, why? Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, they have a whole thing where she calls him, was it, uh, uh, something and something, and he says, "Oh, I'm skillful and delicious." Yeah, don't like that. Uh, does he kill? He kill? He kills fruit. It's yeah. supposed to die. I don't know why that's a why that's a, like a uh re- repeating joke in for a sec for a second here. Listen, I'm the fruit he killed after watching this movie. Uh, but yeah, they they choose an alternative of having Jack Frost do community service by helping out Santa. Does and he ever actually help? He acts like he's helping. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, there's no good faith element of this. It's it's not like he's like, oh, I'm I'm gonna try and change. It's like. I'm going to lie about trying to change and fuck Santa. And that's, there's no redeeming characteristics to old Jack Frost. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> he has a whole, oh yeah, Tim Allen has a whole like therapeutic rant about all of his stress right now. Hmm. About, about being a father, uh, the in-laws, the Christmas stuff. This is not the only rant he has in the movie, right? Yeah. Oh, and also they mentioned the escape clause. Yeah, capital E, capital C, and of course Jack Frost gets a huge boner for the idea of the escape clause. Yeah, I, okay, where was this for the last two movies? Where was this for the first movie? Because if it was in the first movie, like, Scott would have been like, Bernard, let me get all the clauses. Oh, this one says escape. I no longer wish to be Santa Claus at all. And then, boom, credits. Exactly. (sighs) But yeah, uh, he travels down to back to wherever they live, Bill, and uh, meets back with his ex-wife and Neil and Lucy and Scott. And uh, Kid is there, too, also. Neil. Neil. I have a lot of Neil written down. I like Judge Reinhold, and I like Neil as a character. I even liked him in the first movie. <clears throat> I can't believe I'm about to say this because Are you gonna bad 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 talk Neil? No! I love okay. Neil. Okay, okay. This movie ruined <laughs> I I'm a big believer in therapy, and I I look at Neil, and Neil's kind of always been, like, not really hard-edged, but, like, Scott, you're unwell, this is bullshit, here's my card, let's talk. And it's it's a therapy thing. But now, every time he says something therapeutic, they strum a sitar, or play a pan flute, or bang a drum, or... Oh, yeah. I I forgot about all that. The movie's basically like a through line is um, therapy is bullshit. <laughs> Don't do it. Yell at your in laws. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like that's like the entire the entire story of Neo's. It's like 
him being a kooky pro therapy pro yoga guy which is very funny in 2006 it's less funny in 2021 we all need therapy now <laughs> yeah neil is neil's profession is legit i just i just don't Mm-mm. but let's jump back into the movie um so yeah, how how close are we to visiting uh, Bud? Uh, we're 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 a little bit away. Okay, we're, then you take the, the lead. The whole the whole meeting family thing has him has Neil convince Scott to take Lucy and uh, ex wife and Neil all to the North Pole along with the uh, in laws and then and uh, what's his name Charlie just goes snowboarding he just leaves <laughs> yeah uh chuck couldn't be in this movie much yeah uh and then we cut to the elves making it canada making the north pole canada it it, it yeah just, just putting up the signs it says maple leaf and canada and regular people thing yeah and this is a terrible lie <laughs> this is one of the worst like okay so Already, a lot of what Santa Claus is is predicated on a lie. Yeah, and now they're now they're trying to tell kind of the reverse of the Santa Claus lie to his parents. Santa's real. Everything in in Elfland is just Canadian, and it's it doesn't hit for me from a narrative perspective. But more importantly, it doesn't hit optically, like. It it looks like they had one set. They did, they did. They couldn't. Here's a bit that they could have put in the movie. Disney has made they made the Mighty Ducks, right? Yeah. So they they know what a hockey player looks like. Canada loves hockey. Why yeah. can't you get a bunch of like get two L's, stack them on top of each other, and put them in hockey pads and like make you know oh it's it's the canadian hockey team and uh yeah the ontario maple leafs are all uh you know they're big and awkward because they're full of elves like you're asking for too much effort from this movie i'm just asking for one bit that lands uh there's a whole bit of jack frost manipulating curtis into telling him about the escape clause how did that go because it seemed real stupid basically him doing the oh i know about it you don't know about it though Oh, yeah. Gotta apply against Curtis's pride. Yeah. Basically, if the Santa holds the globe and says, I wish I was never Santa at all, they teleport back in time to where before they became Santa. And I, I, I don't know what the application is actually, besides just for Jack Frost to take over as Santa. It's time travel magic. And like, Time travel's hard for Star Trek. They don't always get it right. This movie had one shot to get it right, and uh, tell me something. Yes. S- suppose, suppose you're Jack Frost. Yes. You're gonna go to the night of Santa Claus's death, and you're gonna go into Scott Calvin's yard and put on the coat first. Why create a situation where you have to contend with Scott Calvin at all? 
you should go back in time and like kill Santa in his sleep by like breathing ice into his beard and choking him. Yeah, yeah. And, and I know, I know there wouldn't be a movie if Jack picked the easy thing. But the thing is, they're demonstrating that Jack is like just plain evil. He's not, he's not precariously like, oh, he could be bad, he could be good. He's not, he's not really scheming. He's just, he's just kind of rude, and he just kind of wants to be Santa because he doesn't get enough attention. Yeah, he's very cold-hearted. You could say. You could. I won't. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I, I just. I feel like every time travel plot ever opens itself up to this question. And I feel like the scenes that go back 12 years are genuinely the only cool thing about the movie. Uh, and two, they're still fucked up. Too bad they're in like five minutes. Yeah, at least we go back twice, but we'll get to that. Go back three times? Well, technically twice. Uh, so yeah, we can meet the parents. He comes in with uh, Sandman, Sandy, as he calls him. Yeah, uh, this is, the parents are so weird. They are, and I only really know the dad's deal. Like he's a carpenter. Yeah, he made a move as a as a baby's butt. Like he's a good carpenter. Yeah. What's his wife do other than be mean? <laughs> uh, I guess she sings. I guess, uh, but. They, yeah, this scene is so weird. They they have a big talk about them packing, and then they then they get to the Sesame story. It's ah, it was freezing. There were bears. Yeah, this the 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 lies in this movie are awkward and written to maybe make children laugh, and that's fine for what it is, but it does not hit for someone who is an adult. Yeah, basically mid-story, uh, Sandy knocks him out because it was it, he, he can handle it. I can handle it either. Uh, and then Sandy goes to sleep, and he has to put them all in the car. I guess I didn't think it was funny that Sandy went to sleep. Yeah, yeah, it was unnecessary because we didn't get any follow-up. They just go to the North Pole now. Yeah, they get on a big plane, a big fucked-up-looking plane with arms. Is that now or is that later? No, 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 no. That's that's later. That's way later. Okay, there are two plane trips in this movie, and one is only alluded to, and the other one is fucked up, and we'll get there. Uh, next, we get the genuine Canadian Christmas trees from right here in Canada, which is where you are right now. <clears throat> I, I kind of like this one. Tell me it, why you liked it. It's so stupid. It goes too far, just enough. It goes too far, just enough? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm interested in what the hell that means. It it, it sells a joke. Uh-huh. Past the line of the joke, but just enough so it's funny. And, like, <laughs> past the point where it's unfunny, but but to the point where it's funny again. Okay. Like So it's, it's on the sly rule of threesing, except they kind of, like, did some hand magic and removed the two? Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> it's a horseshoe effect, where it's like, the first one, eh, that's kind of funny. The second one, not funny at all. The third one, okay, now it's funny again. Okay. You, you've you actually sold me on comedy horseshoe theory. Yeah. Uh, 
I have this scene is so weird. It feels like Jack Frost is trying to get with Mrs. Claus here. I don't get it. Like, if you're if you're into like you should be into how your wife looks if she's pregnant because that's your wife. Um, but is Jack Frost like specifically into like a pregnant principal look? <laughs> Because she's just kind of a blonde lady with, like, a, you know, a baby. Yeah. Uh, like, since she knows, she knows sells it completely, he just sounds like, oh, that tree seems some, needs some tender, tender loving care, doesn't it? And then she's like, oh, yeah, I can give it to Trace and TLC. And this no sells it. And he's just back there being creepy. Why is he so creepy? Um... Oh, and this is where they fly in with Santa's got a hot rod playing for some reason. Yeah, that didn't hit because it looked bad and sounded bad. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, Lucy, Neil, the ex-wife all come along and they explain the whole Canada thing. Explain is a strong word. They say they're tricking the parents into thinking it's Canada. Yeah. Um, I just hate it. Yeah. I, I... I just hate, I hate the the movie. Yeah. But uh, the, this, for me, I don't really get the comedy of people being frustrated, and these parents-in-law are always frustrated. Yeah. <laughs> and that's that's what the movie's banking on, is that I'll be, like, checked into their frustration and getting yucks out of it, and I'm just not. And there's a, whole, there's a Tony Bennett joke in this. Who the hell is Tony Bennett? I think he's was a former chancellor of, of or prime minister of Canada. I think is that the guy that the no, mom he, wanted to fuck? No, he's a singer. Oh yeah, he looks. Sorry, Mister Bennett. Uh, there was a Google result with you having a mustache. I guess he cleans up all right. Um, I can't say my wife and I didn't notice the forty-year age gap when we met. Says Tony Bennett. So not. Oh, oh. Not, not glad I learned that. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's enough, Tony Bennett. <laughs> oh, yeah, the parents tried to guilt her about shutting her, <laughs> shutting them out of her life for the last four years, I guess. Yeah, they 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 did disappear for four years, didn't they? <sighs> they just not uh, call or Skype, I guess. That would be okay for the time they have Skype. <laughs> I mean, she could she could have visited. I mean, like, there's no nothing saying that they can't visit. Yeah, Scott's not even busy 364 days out of the year. Yeah, exactly. Most of his job seems to be elves show him things and either okay's it or doesn't. Yeah, uh, I have another Neil written down for the whole like family going to the factory scene, which is fun, I guess. Is this what did Neil do here? Do you remember? He just went to go. Look at trains. Why? I guess he likes trains. They couldn't even call back to, like, Oscar Mayer products? I guess. Disappointing. Give me more Neil content. I have uh, Jack Frost sucks written down here. Say that again? Jack Frost sucks. He he fucks? Sucks. He fucks. No, the S. Oh, he sucks. Yes. You, you were coming through a little muffled. Um... <laughs> I think this. I think this is the. Oh, okay. This is the him going through the cabinets, look, and the red deer machine. Yeah. 
I'm I'm just pointing this out because the, the it's a Red Bull machine, but it's called Red Deer instead of Red Bull. I did notice that. Um, parody law, I guess. I, I guess it could be argued they were making fun of it. Yeah. Oh, and, uh, Lucy doesn't know who Jack Frost is, which is funny. Yeah, he gets he gets huge mad at a child here. I remember this significantly. Like he was, she'd be like, "No, it doesn't ring a bell." He's like. What the fuck do you mean it doesn't ring a bell? I'm Jack fucking Frost. Yeah. Oh, and I remember the this line from the trailer, the I invented chill. Uh that's like that's a that's a that's a classic trailer line. Yeah. Um I didn't watch the trailer. I'm gonna assume all the good lines were in it, and I could have just watched that instead. Probably. I Okay. I have this on in the background as a reminder, and I didn't catch a Tom Cruise joke. <laughs> First time I watched. Was it just about Tom Cruise being kind of short? Yeah, it says Tom Cruise is petite. These oh. people are short. Yeah. He has enough to deal with. He's a Scientologist. I'm sure they're not being too nice to him. Uh, I have yoga written down. Oh, was this the scene where Neil got all the elves to lay down? Yeah, he's doing okay. yoga. Enter the sitar music. Yeah. Uh... From there, this is such a nothing scene. I don't know why it's sitting here. This could have been cut. Is the the yoga? Yeah. Oh, it's just a, the the that wacky Neil. Yeah. Uh, there's more parent stuff. It's kind of nothing. Uh, then there's Jack Frost sabotaging everything. This sabotage is is this where he's like plying the elves with like fucked up gourmet cocoa? Yeah. Yeah, he just goes to the elves and he's like, I bet you get real horny for cocoa, don't you? And they're like, yeah, I'm kind of cocoa horny. Why do you ask? He's like, there's some special cocoa right over there. If you could just turn your back and go drink it. And then he just starts yanking off knobs and blowing into machines and getting ice all over everything. It's. They could have rules of threes this, but I only remember them doing two sabotages this way. Am I right? Yeah, I think so. Because the next one is unrelated and in the middle and like in the middle of another parent segment. I feel like the elves, if they were less skeptical and more excited and he didn't have to convince them so much, this might have worked. There's something to salvage out of this because like it is funny. Especially if the third cocoa bit, which was never dropped, is like, there's some real fucked up cocoa in there. It's a special blend with baconase and Himalayan sea salt. And like, just get the perverted elf on deck, you know? If, if your third joke in the sabotage string is, I have fucked up cocoa for fucked up elves, I will laugh in my home at your joke. Uh, the next bit is him freezing a cocoa machine. Yeah, he kind of barfs some smoke into it and freezes all the gears. And then he, and this this really breaks the rule threes. Where then right after he just turns up the heat on the oven. Oven. Yeah. It's like right after, right before he offers a cocoa chino. I remember that, and I don't remember anything about it. Uh, next, I've written down horny Jack Frost. Okay. This is the uh, scene with the mother-in-law. Is this where he's like, I bet you sing? Yeah. 
Yeah, and they sing a little song, and she's like, Jack Frost nipping at your nose, and then he's like, oh, say my name again, I'm gonna bust. <laughs> if that's all he wants, like, get him a phone with Siri on it or something, and she can just say Jack Frost all day. It's like uh, like Tinkerbell. He gets his powers from people acknowledging that he exists. Really? Because he doesn't seem much more powerful once people do, but we'll get to that. Yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, let's see, pants on, oh yeah, his pants is on fire, literally. Yeah, um, they spray Scott Calvin's butt with some stuff, and then he's like, hey, Jack Frost, if you want to help out, can you cool down my butt some more? With your, you just blow on my butt. And it's it doesn't hit like a joke, it's, it's just kind of shitty. There's a whole bit about the parents being upset that the ex-wife is here. Yeah, I didn't get that. It's yeah, it's just weird. Like it's like she's barely a character. I don't I don't remember her name honestly. But wait, you're talking about uh, Charlie's mom? Yes. I feel bad about not remembering her name because I liked her a lot in the first movie. Yeah, and then she she just becomes Neil's Neil's wife. Oh yeah, they talk about the the, the get to delivery room, and it's like I don't know what happened to it because it's it looks bad. I didn't notice. Um, this the, what, the what they, well, like they I think they were remodeling it. They were actually remodeling it and making it bigger, but the, the like the roof was like the like the like head level roof was like open up completely. The they were like yeah, they're just remodeling it basically. Seems like an inconvenient time to do that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh yeah. Then this is where everything goes off bad. All the machines go malfunction. Uh, another fire. Then he speed runs making a toy. Which toy got made? Uh, jet powered scooter board. Jet powered scooter board. I'm trying not to inject a lot of dead air into this podcast, but I gotta tell you... You got nothing? <laughs> this movie doesn't let me have much. Yeah, okay. Uh, next we get to the snow hall of, hall of Snow Globe stuff. He turns some switches on the Red Deer machine. He presses the D, and they it turns around, and he go into the Hall of Snow Globes. They did a trick with the rotating wall. Um, and it was kind of a trick on being cheap's behalf because it doesn't look like your typical like Scooby Doo rotating wall. It just kind of looks like they return to the same place. Yeah, like they like they only have half the wall built. Yeah. Yeah. So that, it, uh, yeah. I, I'm being. I don't want to be hypercritical of this movie. There's just a lot of criticize. Yeah. Uh, they just. He he shows Lucy the snow globe collection because she really likes snow globes, and then gives her a snow globe where she hugs a snowman, and it becomes paint. I guess. Yeah, that's uh, they call that um, what is it? Five shadowing. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. It's this. <laughs> I wish this wasn't the the climax of the movie being revealed. <laughs> Sorry, that's how the movie was written. No, I, I'm more like I wish this that wasn't the climax of the movie. Yeah, also the same. 
And they go back, and Jack Frost is on the other side. And he sneaks in, and Sneal steals the snow globe, the 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 white one. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, nothing about this snow globe stealing situation is like it's it's cool, like to have a heist in a movie. I wish it was heistier. Instead, it's just to hang out, wait for the password, go in. Yeah, he doesn't. He like you don't even have, you see him look, but you don't see him like peek in or whatever. You just you just get him go in there. Uh, have another kneel note. Yeah, I, I just kneel. The when I say kneel note, it just means the word kneel is written down. Uh, they're doing they're doing a big family thing. Uh, they go back to the thing of that. The treetopper is for Scott. They keep going back to that, which I guess leads us one thing. I guess at least he cares about something. Yeah, and then he is dragged right back into doing more work. <clears throat> I um, what was I gonna say? Uh, dead air. Sorry. Um, it's fine. I had an opinion. Now I don't. So probably for the best. Movie gets off easy. Okay. Okay. Uh, we here get. Lucy finding Jack Frost leaving the snow globe thing and immediately confronting him. Yeah, the confrontation does not go great, I think. I mean, yeah. I mean, like, Jack Frost doesn't even, doesn't even stop her. Is this, um, I'm just gonna type the question and, um, that'll, we can address it as it comes otherwise. Okay. Yes, it is. <laughs> oh, okay. Great, 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 great. <laughs> I also have down Jack Frost does murder. Um, so... Yeah, uh, Lucy grabs her parents to confront Jack Frost, and he just freezes them. It, uh, that kills people. They're not, yeah, they're not lost in time. They're, they're dead. Yeah, they're not frozen in carbonite. They're just frozen. And then he tells her just go in the closet and stay there forever. Yeah, so Neil and Laura found her name. Uh, Neil and Laura die immediately. Uh, Jack kills them in front of uh, their daughter. <laughs> yeah. People have become Batman for less. <laughs> yeah, uh, we finally get the tree topper scene where ah. Jack sabotages a tree, and then while Scott tries with the tree topper, the tree falls over. How did Jack sabotage the tree? I looked away and missed. He kicked something or something. I forgot. He he knocked it off balance or something. He may as well have just pushed it over because that's all that happened. Is like Scott puts the topper on perfectly and then the tree just peels over. Yeah. So that's. Uh, oh yeah, he unscrews the port on it. This port that keeps it straight. Oh. Yeah. And this leads to the big argument of, like, oh, maybe you shouldn't have come here at all. Maybe you shouldn't come here at all then, yeah. And then, oh, maybe I shouldn't come to the North Pole at all. And then Jack Frost talks him from saying that. From saying it, basically asking for a divorce. Yeah, I feel like this all went pretty hard on Scott in this scene. Like, I'm not terribly sympathetic to Scott post the first movie, but, like, his whole family hates him, and yeah, alluding to divorce again, like, yeah, what's worse uh, than being a divorce dad is a double divorce dad. Yeah. Did yeah. you think it was weird that uh, 
his son's step family called him Uncle Scott. I think it just, I think it's just so like it's weird. It is weird. It is weird. I will say that. I wish he and Neil got along better after the first movie. I feel like if they weren't just doing bits with Neil, and they were more like bros, then Uncle Scott would make sense. I think Neil gets along fine. I think Scott just like just always makes fun of Neil. Yeah, it's like. Scott, I care about your emotions, and I think that you need to be heard. And Scott's like, Neil, why don't you shit your pants? I'm a different sweater, Neil. I love Neil's sweater. I think the the first bit in the movie where they made fun of Neil's sweater vest, the first words out of my mouth were, oh god, I want that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, finally get to the actual plot. Yeah, it took a while, huh? We are an hour in the movie, and we finally get to, get to the actual plot. How long is this fucking movie, too? Because I feel like it was over two hours long. It's, it's like an hour 30. Okay. Well, a yeah, tight uh, Hollywood 93, gotcha. Yeah, direct-to-video 93. Uh, but Jack tells, basically twi- tricks Scott and saying, I wish I'd been there in Santa at all. Like, one, handing him a gift of the globe in a box, telling him to say that, and then him repeating it like three times. It's. I almost wish that Jack Frost had some kind of like snowy echo ability and like he has to vocoder chop and screw Scott's voice back together instead of making him repeat the thing over and over. Like, yeah. I would rather an extra superpower to make him more interesting than nothing again. I mean, they kind of do that later for the for the reverse, but yeah. That's where I'm driving. Also, the weird thing he he grabs them after after he says it, like ha ha ha, my evil plan has worked. Like that's it's very weird. Yeah. So they go back in time together for the first time now, right? Yeah, Christmas Eve, twelve years ago. Back to go, a good movie. Yeah, and they do a whole fight, a little fight scene. Oh, after and after Jack. <laughs> Frost kills Santa. Yeah. Jack Frost is the one who gets his attention on the roof, right? Yeah. So no more so no more guilt for for Scott. Now, we start to deal with time magic here and we have to decide like is Scott is this version of Scott being destroyed or just shunted into another timeline or cuz Scott and Jack from this point forward remember all of the events perfectly but no one else and I, I can't tell how the time travel actually works. Yeah, like, I feel like, uh, I feel like it's, they shouldn't remember, but they do. I think because they directly are involved, they remember. Because they, okay, it's because they were both had their hands connected to the snow globe. Right. That way they still remember they went back. It's like Scott will remember if he did it by himself, he would remember everything. Hmm. But the thing is that that doesn't explain why they remember everything after the time skip. Yeah. Why? This is skipping too far forward, but I don't respect this movie, so we'll deal with that. Um, Scott will eventually approach Jack in his seat of power, and Jack will say, I've been waiting for this. Why? Why has he been waiting for this? Yeah, it's... Yeah. Uh... has it been like the same amount of time 
for Zach, for Jack as it's been for Scott here, where it's been like no time at all between transporting and the time skip and whatever. I would have to assume if they were moved by the same mechanism, then they moved the same amount of time. Yeah. Uh, but basically, Scott is a businessman again. He has an assistant who's who I recognize from stuff, but I cannot name. Uh, he is complaining about working on Christmas Eve and not being with his family. And he goes to visit them, and he's still very divorced. And <laughs> Charlie still hates him. Dark Timeline Scott is unbelievably successful. Yeah. Like, he's more successful than he was in the first movie. He seems to have a giant office high up on a good floor, and the price for that is that his family, one, hates him, and two, doesn't give a shit about Christmas. And I feel like if he didn't remember anything, he'd be fine with that. Because <laughs> he'd be the Scott Calvin of the first movie, who was already fine with that. Boy, is he divorced, though. He's so fucking divorced. <laughs> yeah like charlie like charlie the second movie charlie disliking him being like being like rebellious is fine but then like straight up hating him here is just like that's very divorced not only is he divorced but laura's divorced yeah so. she had she has a diner job look going on do you and... think works with judy at denny's uh, oh what if this is how the cycle begins again? Only this time it's an elf named Laura and Neil has to be Santa. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome, um, Disney. Checks in the mail, right? Anyway, uh, Neil and Lucy are off the, the North Pole. Why no? He, he divorced Neil. Yeah, that he's <laughs> he divorced Neil. I can't believe Scott as Santa saved their marriage. Sometimes the real divorce is the marriages we saved along the way. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, well, yeah, Neil and Lucy are at the North Pole, which is now an, impo- an a, like a tourist destination. And now we get the plane scene. This fucked up plane. Did you write notes about the fucked up plane? No, no. Well, yeah, I have North Pole Airlines written down. I didn't see the hands till now. There's and... a there's a thrift store near where I live. It's a religiously owned thrift store. And it has a picture of, I guess, the benevolent guy who, like, started the thrift store. It's like a mural on the side of the building. And this is maybe going to dox me a little bit, but his arms are spread out and his body is kind of melting into a mountain range. This plane is more fucked up than that. Each of the wings is a Santa Claus arm. It's it's nightmarish. I don't want to see the underside. And I'm glad we didn't. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he travels on the airplane. Uh, let's see. Oh, okay, this is where I remember this, the assistant guy from. He's in Big Bang Theory. What? The assistant guy? Yeah, he's in Big Bang Theory? Yeah, he's like the comic book guy. The comic book store guy. Like, I've never watched an episode of Okay, Big that's fine. Theory. No, he's like, he's like a rival to the, to the main nerd group. I and, see. Yeah. Yeah, but anyway, uh, they're at the North Pole, so it's like a big tourist destination. It's basically Disneyland. It, yeah, yeah. I I don't have much to say about this because this this doesn't last long enough for me to say anything about it. Here's what I'll say: um, they're going to Jack Frost's big party in the North Pole, which is the most fucked up thing ever. Um, 
parents who can afford the plane ticket fly up and then buy their children the big enough gift. And they can also buy their kids way onto the nice list. Um, Jack didn't actually remodel that much. Yeah. And I think that's another sticking point for me is like, Jack should have an ice castle. Yeah. It should I, be fucking terrifying. I don't know why, but my mind feels like that exists in this, but it didn't. Here's what I think. Jack should... Jack would have a really scary case to make for Scott, which is like, Scott Calvin, why do you want to take me out of the Santa Claus role? I've reversed global warming. Like, build an ice castle. Get popular, rebuild the ice caps. And if you go back to the good timeline, you also doom the earth. And Tim Allen says global warming isn't real. Yeah, and then he does a bar of cocaine. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, Ca- have capitalist Santa. All Santas are capitalist Santas. Yeah, but this one especially. I Yeah, you're right. <sighs> oh, yeah, they meet Neil and Lucy, and they're like weird. This interaction with Neil and Lucy is so awkward based on the facts about them um, in that they have no connection to Scott and he's like being weirdly buddy with them despite being Neil's ex-wife's ex-husband. Like, that's not someone you hang with. Not really. This just all comes off as so awkward and so... Yeah, you have it's... to disbelieve a lot of things about how people interact to believe this. Yeah. Uh, then there's Curtis, who's an elf. Oh, he's an elf dressed as an elf. It's a bit much, honestly. It's all a bit much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he that tries to tell him about the whole situation of Frost being evil and whatever, and he just calls security. And... Jack Frost Santa is is it's a lot. Uh, I feel like a lot of what we're gonna say is gonna end exactly like that with groaning and it's a lot. Yeah, yeah, probably. <sighs> Let me let's let's take a step back from the movie for a second. What they make this for? Money. Yeah. Anything else? I don't think so. I don't think so either. And that's that's part of what bugs. Me. Like yeah. there's, there's no, there's no more, there's no real moral to this story. There's no, there's no meat. There's no, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? This, there's no payoff to anything that anyone does. Yeah, there's, there's no lesson being learned here. There's no nothing. <sighs> uh, uh, he has a big argument with Zack Santa, and he gives him uh, the whole. This, this sucks. <laughs> he gives him the whole the. Voice recorder pin thing, and, yeah. And then he says, "You should have never said." I wish I'd never been sent all at at all at all. And then he records it for for plot reasons, obviously. Everyone is their dumbest self in this movie. Jack should know better than to literally say the phrase. Well, he doesn't have a snow globe, obviously. No, you got to assume. <sighs> uh, I have written down elf toss. Because they talk about an event called the Elf Toss. The Elf Toss? Oh no. Yeah, I'm just guessing they're tossing it. And where? Like for points or into a wood chipper? Or... I'm guessing for points. You, you know what my, my beef is becoming with Jack's brand of evil? What is it? It's, it's not even that it's capitalist. 
It's not even that it's kind of like bald faced and boring. It's all he wants is attention. And you can just give someone attention. Like he could start a Twitch for fuck's sake. On cold tub Twitch. I, I just usually the person who wants to be heard in a movie like this, like when the villain needs their message to get out about who they are and then they need to be paid attention to. This is the scene when like Lex Luthor appears on every TV on Earth. Instead he opened a mall at the North Pole that you have to fly to in order to watch him sing show tunes one night out of the year. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm just gonna repeat my joke about Cold Tub Twitch because I really liked it. I you know what? I'm coming around on it. I now somebody has to draw Jack Frost um in a in a bikini, uh in a tub full of ice. Uh, just for you, Wheeler. Oh no. Martin Shoot Martin Short with big old blue titties. You ready for that? No. Yeah. Uh, as you said, he has a big musical performance going on. Uh, Scott talks to Lucy in the crowd, who I guess still likes snow globes and Christmas and whatever. I'm not sure why. And then he just tells her to go, <laughs> go steal a snow globe. Wait, 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 wait. Neil never got his Oscar Mayer weenie whistle. Yes. So Neil in this timeline should fucking hate Christmas. So Neil would have told his kid, Santa isn't real, we shouldn't go up to the North Pole. Hmm. Told Charlie the same shit in the first movie, at the same age. Hmm. Like, I'm not... Maybe, maybe I'm misjudging, but this movie could have a plot hole in it. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, Yeah, he tells her to steal Snow Globe, he does does a big distraction, he gets on stage, does have a Santa fight. It's it's the second Santa fight in the movie. And not the last. And not the last. I, I like that the entire off the audience think it's part of, the, part of the performance. You know what? They, uh, they did do some bits uh, that almost landed. They landed for the audience. They didn't learn for me. <laughs> but uh, I, was, I was glad to see them doing some bits. Yeah. Uh, let's see what next. Uh, I have another Neil written down. I don't know why. Oh no, he's he he's, he just stands up in the audience and sees Lucy in the on the steps for some reason. Like he just stands up in the stairs. I don't know why we, we had that cut to him, but it's there. Yeah, he has, why is he looking? The entire scene, he's just in the crowd looking, and we cut to him for some reason. Yeah, it's just kind of like some face journeys for Neil while his daughter goes off and does, like, everything. Yeah. Uh, they give Jack Frost a snow globe, and he says the recording. I guess that works. I I guess it works for that. <laughs> it works like that. I don't know why, but it sure does. Yeah. I mean, he did say it. It's It's bad. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we go back in time once again. Uh, he loses the coat. He's still Big Santa. Wait, Scott's? Oh, no, uh, Jack Frost is still Big Santa. Yeah, Jack Frost didn't put on that much weight. Yeah, yeah, keeping it, keeping, keeping it, keeping, keeping himself trim. And then we just get the first movie again <laughs> for a little bit. So I thought these shots that interacted with the first movie were actually pretty decent, uh, just in terms of, like, I don't know if they went on location or they like recreated that part of the set, but it felt pretty fluid. Yeah, um, like, like them looking at that. 
which uh, that's that's hard to get right. You see it done a lot in like shows that I like on TV, like the X Files and Star Trek and whatnot. And this this composites a little better than that. Um, and that's about the nicest thing I can say about the movie. Yeah, uh, they get he just he just he just lets the first movie happen and they transport back like nothing happened. Literally, no time has passed since they jumped back and forward in time. Well, since they time jumped. And this, that honestly was like, what? Let me see. That was 15, 20 minutes of the movie, maybe? This movie's so fucking long. That was, that, that entire sequence was 20 minutes of the time stuff. God. And it honestly should have been more, honestly. It should have been most of the movie. Most of the movie should have been him, like, going, experiencing life as if he never becomes Santa and then realizing... Oh, I really need need to be Santa. Or yeah. my life is terrible. I like that. Or abuse of the time travel, which eventually gets called out by um by the council. Like imagine Jack Frost keeps a snow globe on him and he says, I wish I'd never been Santa at all. And the timeline goes fucking. And he says, I wish I'd never been Santa at all. And he starts over again and again and again. And then Peter Boyle, his father time, is like but you said you didn't want to be Santa like 50 times. What's up with that? And that's kind of, you know, the crushing point for like Jack's whole thing where it's like, you don't really want to be Santa. You just want attention. Look at how much you messed with the timeline. Like there is a real story with these characters that could have been on screen and wasn't. Like a lot of ways to make this a better movie, but they just didn't do any of them. Could have been a fun movie, and you know what? The the first movie is super important to me, and when we watched the second movie, I I sat down and I like let it tug at my heartstrings when I wanted to. Like the scene where uh where Scott used his Santa magic to give everyone um their toys from their childhood, you know. I thought that was really nice. And there's there's no moment of Scott being that. Yeah. He doesn't, they, have, he doesn't have any Santa moments in this. No. And you know what? He should have used some magic in this. Like, he knocked the tree over? He's fucking Santa Claus. He can unknock the tree over. Yeah, that's the problem with this movie. Most of the movie, he's not being Santa. He's being toy maker in Canada. Did he not fix the tree because he would have given up the secret to the parents? I guess. I guess. But that would have been a cool moment to break the secret and been like, oh no, I broke the, the secret of Santa in order to save Christmas for my family. Now they know and I have to deal with it. Like, there's even good to be found in that and this movie just does not take the bait. Time to go to the... Near the climax of this movie, uh, after they get back, Scott just comes up to the parents and Carol and says, "Oh, I'm sorry, in-laws fight that happens, but it's Christmas, so yeah." And then he tells them the secret because he realizes, "Why am I keeping the secret from them? I should just tell them they're family." Should have just—I mean, plots like this can always be solved by just telling the truth at the beginning. Yeah. But there are many, many actual points in the plot of this movie where it's just a better time to tell the truth. Realizing at the last minute, blows dick. Yeah. And the, the, 
the worst part is he he tells them no he doesn't even tell him he just he doesn't even tell him does he he just he just brings them in there and he says and says okay these in they see oh these are elves this is a factory that means he must be Santa Claus they just they just get it immediately I don't like that me either it sucks so bad I I feel like the lying did a lot to diminish the in-laws' sense of wonder. But if... Okay. We're gonna fix this movie. Um, if the mother-in-law had been a Hallmark Christmas mom, who, like, really believed in the magic of Christmas, and was really into, like, Santa, and the whole mythos, and knew, like, all the different names for Santa, just... Maybe even she collected Coca-Cola bears. Who gives a shit? Important she would be the one in this moment to be like, oh my god, everything I've ever believed is real. And if her bald-ass husband was like, nah, that's bullshit, like, that would have allowed him to keep his character work, and she would push the sense of wonder on him with proof, and then he can shit his pants. Yeah. And instead we just get them saying, okay, we get it, we understand, and we believe everything now. Like, it's there's no pushback that's the thing it's like even if they had like the minimum of like eh what do you mean like they they don't they they these aren't the parents aren't characters yeah the parents aren't if she was really into christmas and he was super cynical but he's a carpenter right we can even use that like he and scott can bond over that because scott does toy making and like there's architecture everywhere. The whole place is basically one giant toy. They could talk like, oh yeah, I make stuff out of wood. I use, you know, X-grain sandpaper. Like, anything. Yeah. They also do a bunch of woes in this scene for some reason. Whoa, yeah, yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. They're uh, trying to be amazed for us, and it's not working. Yeah. Uh, they... The the far the father in law Christmas is a fun is a fun thing. What was that again? Uh, he's oh your father in law Chris your father Christmas. That means I'm father in law Christmas. Okay, that's a very dad thing to say. Yeah. Uh. Uh. Then we get the the league the council helping out because Charlie asked them to. I guess. Yeah. They they're just gonna still there? They never left after their conference? No, they left. Just, I guess Charlie has their number and called them up to help. I don't get it. Yeah. There's also a poop joke with the Easter Bunny that we didn't need. Mm-mm. Did not. What? Although every... I feel like the bunny always gets, like, the horny or, like, the animal jokes. Cupid gets the upskirt jokes. Yeah, those are... They're like, hey, uh, you're going to show people your dick flying around like that. And he's like, yeah, I like to show people my dick. Like, yeah. all right, whatever. Uh, yeah, Charlie's just there helping out. Oh, and then they find the frozen parents. The dead parents. Yes, the dead frozen parents. And uh, the officers have Jack Ross. Ugh. Yeah. What can we even say, really? Like... <sighs> I guess we gotta bite the bullet and just talk about what happens next. Yeah, my line here is uh, that he says if he wants to unfrost them, then he has to unfrost himself. 
And he's and even Mother Nature, Mother Nature can't do that because their powers don't work on each other, I guess. So the line I have down is, is she going to hug him? And then oh. next time she's going to hug him. This is I was just laying on my couch and groaning at this point. Yeah. <laughs> why did to stop this from happening? Why didn't he just kill her, too? He's not above murder. It's, uh... you imagine she's on the reproach and he's like, nope, and she's just a fucking pillar of salt or ice. Yeah, I have no why. This is like this is this. Uh, he hugs him and it defrosts him and turns him into a regular person. What are his powers now? Oh no, he really does. He, uh, he, he says, "What are you going to do? Cute me to death?" And he and she does. He actually does cute him to death. Well, he didn't die, I guess. I mean, yeah. He he just turned into regular Martin shirt short. Yeah. It's it's very weird to see after the entire movie. Does this mean that the kid is like whatever species that heat miser is? Are, are you implying that Lucy is a heat miser? Yeah, Lucy's a heat miser. <laughs> he talks Spanish at some point. In the middle of the hug. Talking Spanish for a joke is one of those Disney family movie things. They did it in Toy Story 2 or 3 when yeah. Buzz Lightyear got switched to his Spanish mode. Oh, yeah. I don't... I don't get it. Making me I, get the joke, Disney. Yeah, my, my, my main note after this is put him back. Put him back, yeah. <laughs> uh... And then Neil calls for like a group hug after they get unfrozen. And so everyone just joins in on this big group hug. What if they started catching fire? <laughs> what if someone else cracks like Jack cracks? That's what I really want. There's a, like two weird moments at the end here. One with the bunny with the mom and then the dad putting his head on Mother Nature. Yeah. Are they swingers? Are they old swingers? Hey, hey. Let them live their life. Listen, I don't care if they're old. But, I mean, the rabbit clearly wants to fuck. Does the... Does does Bud also want to fuck? I guess. I guess. I can't believe that. Bud does not want to fuck. Ugh, uh... The, then they have the, the delivery of the baby. Then we get the entire... This replay the entire scene, and but this, but this wasn't the scene that happened. This, okay, okay, this is weird. They replay the scene where they rested the delivery room. They replay that scene. They, they played play it exact... past. Yes, but this is not that same scene. This is a different scene. Sorry, did you hear that? No, I didn't. Okay, I, I will not elaborate until after the pod. Okay, okay, <laughs> yeah, but this is. They rushed to the delivery room. It did, and and it's not the delivery, not it's not the delivery scene from earlier. It's the new delivery scene. It's happening then, and yeah, it's weird. And then we just cut back from the flashback back to the present, where he brings in the in the baby. Yeah. So, this is when we find out that the movie was only about ten minutes long. <laughs> I wish it was ten minutes long. <laughs> If it was the same budget and only 10 minutes long, we'd have gotten a hell of a movie. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, the baby is named Buddy after the grandpa. Buddy Claus. Let me ask you something. In the moments that they introduced Buddy Claus, I could only think about Buddy Christ. That happened to you? Do you only think about what? Buddy Christ, you know, from Dogma. I'll post you a picture. Oh, oh. <laughs> I, I know. Okay. God. Is this the new friendly face of Christmas? <sighs> All I could think about is how Buddy Claw sounds like a perfect sequel name. And it is not because this thankfully isn't going to get a sequel. Buddy Claus sounds like the name of the What If Santa Was a Dog movie. We, we need that movie, actually. If this was about a dog and not a baby, it would probably be a better film. There's no, there's no rule this is a dog can't be Santa. That's true. What if a dog puts on the coat? <sighs> I'm calling up Tim Allen right now for this, just so he can die in the first 30 seconds. <sighs> yeah, that, that, and that's we get the end there. Uh, did you watch the bloopers? I did. They were actually alright. It's a lot of the bunny being horny. Yeah, but he's being horny and people are reacting to it like they should instead of being weird characters. He's like, hey, you know what I like to do? I like to fuck. And everyone everyone can't handle it. Um, and, the rest is, and then the rest is just Tim Allen being Tim Allen. There was a thing where Martin Short had to, like, groan, I think, and he started making race car noises, and I got a kick out of that. Yeah. Oh, this was a movie. That movie blew dick, Wheeler. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it puts us on a path. Does it? Yeah, because we have, we have seen through our just claws. We have done it. We have seen all three movies. And now we have to decide what we're going to see this Christmas. Yeah, we do. <laughs> now, as a palate cleanser, after watching Santa Claus 3, I did watch The Velocipaster. And it was all right. Incomprehensible, but it was all right. Oh, also, one note I forgot to mention is uh, Santa Baby. I have that written down. Is that just because it's Santa's baby? Yeah. I see. It is Santa, that. Santa Pally. Da, 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 da. Don't you Michael Buble in this house. I'm going to have to put that back as the intro for this. Uh, I'm yeah, looking up a, a list of the top 20 worst Christmas movies to see if I can put us on the path. Because how do you follow up an act like this? Like, there's, a, there's a lot of bad Christmas movies, I gotta say. Ooh! There's one with, uh, there's one with Danny DeVito in it. Is, it. is it the Penguin one? No, it's Deck the Halls from 2006. Wait, wait, okay, that, that sounds familiar. Is that, that movie sounds familiar. Matthew Broderick in it? Oh, oh, this one. This is the one with the whole thing about the... I re, Yeah, okay, I know this one. This is the one about the house with the, all the lights on it. Uh-huh. That's all I know. The house with all the lights on it. I feel like that's a good place to start. I feel like that keeps us fresh. Um, <sighs> I'm going to pause it. We have two options this year. <clears throat> uh, the first one is going to be Deck the Halls. Second one I'm going to propose is the Jack Frost movie where Dad, instead of turning into Santa, turns into a snowman. That one. Ooh, okay, those are both good choices. Yeah! Oh. Uh, why did it... Why, why, 
<laughs> I'm looking at the Jack Frost poster and it looks like a horror movie. There's a Jack Frost horror movie. Wait a minute. No, 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 you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't dip into a horror. I'm thinking, first we do the Michael Keaton Jack Frost film, right? The oh, wholesome man. one. And then its sequel, Jack Frost the Horror Movie. <laughs> He's chilling and killing. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm gonna put these. I'm gonna put these in in the idea bin because these are these are <laughs> ideas. These are some certainly ideas. Uh, the nope. star of the horror movie nope. was a bit character on Star Trek: Deep Space Nine. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. I think we've okay. got some really good options here. What are I we going to call our Christmas special now? If the just cause is complete, if I mean, if our claw satisfied i mean huh that's a good point we'll, we'll, we'll workshop it we'll workshop it what about jacking it with moxie and wheeler no no we gotta, be, <laughs> we gotta keep it we gotta keep it christmas i mean it's about jack frost then we're gonna have to change it again when we do a different non-jack frost one <laughs> <sighs> have fun editing this I, I, please, uh, please edit this. <laughs> okay. Uh, thank you all for listening. This has been Just Clause Three, the third of the Christmas podcast by me and Moxie watching the Santa Claus. Be here Christmas for whatever we call the the next installment where we might watch Jack Frost and Jack Frost the horror movie. I'm I sure. Think, what? <laughs> Actually, the Jack Frost horror movie came out first, so we might need to watch that first. And then, and then the Michael Keaton film is a redemption arc. I I fully intend to find the narrative between these two films. <sighs> anyway, join us Christmas for Jack the Halls, I guess. Uh, that, that's okay. That that that's doable. That's doable. That goes up on the poster board. <sighs> <sighs> Thank you, thank you, Tim Allen for, for no, actually, don't thank you, Tim Allen. Fuck you, Tim Allen. Yeah, for make for being a part of these movies. Are you in the Christmas spirit, Wheeler? I, I wish I was in the Christmas spirit because it's very warm out. Yeah, sure is. It's a balmy ninety-five degree Seattle day. Serious, <laughs> serious. Thank you all for listening. This has been Wheeler the podcast. Jess Claus. Bye, everyone. See you next time.